Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm always glad when you are listening, and I'm hoping that you're having a great week this week. I have a really special guest today that um, I've worked with before. He has another book called The 40 Days Through the Prayers of Jesus. This is Tim Cameron, and he is a national best-selling author. And he is on my Sunday show, so you may want to go to the podcast and listen to the show, The 40 Days Through the Prayers of Jesus with Tim Cameron. But today I have Tim on this show doing his other best-selling book, which is The 40-Day Word Fast, a, ju- a Spiritual Journey to Eliminate Toxic Words from Your Life. And, and listeners, I have to tell you that part of my practice really focuses on words and word choice and how we use words, because we know that, that, that Jesus is the Word. The Word became flesh. And what that means is that we speak things into existence, so we create things with words, or we destroy things with words. And, and so I was very interested in his book, This 40-Day Word Fast, because it really is encouraging us to tighten it up, tighten up the way we talk, to listen to how we talk. What are we saying and what are we really meaning? And what happens when we use certain words and the way we use words? So, Tim, thank you for being on the show today. Really glad to have you. Well, thank you. My privilege. And this, this book is fascinating. You know, I, I really kind of focused on this one verse. It was the, let me see if I can find it really quick, the uh, Hebrews 11, 3. Mm-hmm. And now I've lost it. I kind of did it a little tag here, and I'm losing where my 11, 3 is. Well, we'll have to go back to it. Okay. So, you know, th- this idea of a verbal culture, I really like that phrase that you used. And, you know, because I am amazed at the use of foul language and, as slang, as just like, uh, as if it's not foul language. And, and we are really dumbing down our culture when we speak in these ways. And so tell us kind of how you came about writing this book, what, what the Lord really impressed upon your heart when it came to this. Sure. Um, Cynthia, I was going through an extremely difficult time in my life where I had a physical failure and almost died a couple times and was in a horrible pain syndrome over about five years. And in the middle of it, I had to quit working. Uh, I, was, I was head of school at the largest private school in the state of Oklahoma. I had to quit working, and my life was just going in a downward spiral. And I began to recognize how negative I'd become. I all kind of would have had a catharsis moment. And I was driving to church one morning, and I made this horrible, sarcastic comment to my wife. And, of course, I felt bad about it on the way home. I asked her to forgive me, and her response was, well, that's just the way you are. Wow. And I realized that in my downward spiral of life, you know, having quit working and suffering in a pain syndrome, that I'd become very negative. And I cried out to the Lord and just said, I need, I need help with this, Lord. And so I began to recognize all these negative complaints and sarcasm and criticism and judgments that were 
so deeply embedded in my life. And I cried out to the Lord, Lord, what can I do about this? And I was led to Isaiah 58, verses 6 and 9, where Isaiah said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to choose a fast that will untie the cords of the yoke, that will set the oppressed free. And the Lord said back to him, well, Isaiah, uh, in verse 9, I'll hear your prayers if you stop pointing the finger and do away with the wicked words that are coming out of your mouth. Wow. That's how I kind of got in on this. That's amazing. You know, because you say in the very beginning that this late one night in defeat and discouragement, he guided you to six words of judgment, criticism, sarcasm, negativity, complaining, and gossip. And the mm-hmm. toxicity of that that way of speaking and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, choosing that as the content of your conversations and the way you talk mm-hmm. to yourself and to others. Mm-hmm. You know, Cynthia... The enemy is always out to destroy God's essential purpose in our lives. Uh, I really want our listeners to hear this. God has one essential purpose for your life, for you to be in unity with Him, in unity with other Christians, in unity with your spouse, your, your, your community, the people you fellowship with, and that's what the enemy wants to destroy. That's right. And he does it through the words that come out of our mouth that reveal what's in our heart. Um, I landed on one thing that is really, really important. That's this issue of criticism. Criticism destroys fellowship. And what makes it more insidious is it can be even secret criticism that's just in our heart. Because we're spiritual beings. We're not, we're not uh, bodies that have a spirit. We're spirits that inhabit a body. And we can be separated even just because of our secret criticism toward one another. Well, that, that, that secret criticism you know, ends up being this experience of judgment that we judge people mm-hmm. then, and they feel that mm-hmm. judgment. Mm-hmm. You know, it may not you know, be tangible words, but they feel it. Oh, they do. You know, kind of the bottom line on this is most of us understand the power of positive words, that our words are like verbal nutrients to the soul, and we call people into their destiny through our words. But the Scripture is really scandalous. It also says in Proverbs eighteen twenty one that death is in the power of our words. I don't think we realize how dramatically powerful negative words are. I, I think, I, I, I hope that this illuminates you listeners, because part of what I do on a daily basis is I remind people that Jesus is the Word. The Word became flesh, that we create things with words we, we heal things with words, or we destroy things with words. And, mm. and that we, we are so blithe in our, just the way that we talk, and we don't understand that what we're doing with our words is actually creating something, establishing something, strengthening something, or destroying something. And, and that verse, the Hebrew 11.3 that you picked, that I love this, it says, find the secret place. And it says, by faith we understand that the universe was framed by the Word of God, so that things that are seen were not made out of things which were visible, but our words, mm. our words. Oh, you are so absolutely right, so absolutely right. We live in a culture of pollution today yes. in the United States. Yes. You can't turn on the TV, you can't listen to the radio, and, and we as Christians um, should be pushing back against that dramatically. See, every time we criticize or we complain, we participate in gossip, 
we land, see, we speak in one of two places. Our lives land in one of two places. We're either in the kingdom of heaven or we're in the kingdom of the world. And right, our language right. reveals which kingdom we're in. Um, yeah, you know, interesting, that, yes. It's almost like you know, we have people that we know they come from another country. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's a great yes, insight. The, you know, the words yes, we yes. choose, the, way, the rate mm-hmm. of speech, the, the tone, mm-hmm. tells mm-hmm. people what kingdom we live in. You are so correct. That's you awesome. Know, it's, been, it's been said if you speak three languages, you're from Southeast Asia. If you speak two, you're from Europe. If you speak one, you're from the United States. <laughs> exactly. Your language reveals That's right. what kingdom you're living in, what is coming out of your heart. That is so powerful. Uh, and, you know, you, you also have this great verse about wise or foolish. And it's that Proverbs 14.3 that says, A fool's mouth lashes out with pride, but the lips of the wise protect them. Mm-hmm. And that we use words to protect ourselves and people, and not in a, a, a dishonest manner, but to actually protect the things that are important to us. And that's what your wife, that was that horrible insight you got that night in the car that you thought, mm-hmm. I'm not protecting my wife or my relationship with my words. Mm-hmm. You know, when I cried out to the Lord, Lord, what can I do about this? I was led to that Isaiah 58 verse where he says, this is the fast I'm going to choose. I thought, what? You want me to fast these words? And I read a lot of research and, and stuff, and I read across a very long longitudinal research study was done by UCLA about the power of fasting food two to three days a month on cancer patients and on elderly people whose immune system had been depleted. And when I read that study, I felt like the Lord spoke to me, like the way the Lord can speak to us through the words or through things we hear. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Tim, if you could fast these words, it'll do something to your spiritual immune system, deepen your soul. And so I just started out fasting these words, and one of the really serendipitous effects that happened was I found myself starting to be offense-proof because my inner man was being built up. Absolutely. And again, I want our to really hear those words. What would your life look like if you were offense-proof? Oh, I think that's, you know, it's amazing because when we speak negative— and we lament, and not lamentations in a cathartic manner that helps to release, mm-hmm. but just the complaining, you know, the commiserating, the, the negativity. It really does to our soul, to our identity, to our spirit, weakens it, and then we get more sensitive. And we become ultra-sensitive people. We can't handle anything. Mm-hmm. One of the first things that happened when I started, when I had this thought in my mind by the Holy Spirit, you know, to start fasting these words to do something about my heart, because it's really a heart issue. Yes. Whether we want to admit it or not, our words reveal our heart. I mean, how many times have we said to people, I really didn't mean what I said, or you must have misunderstood me, or I really know what's in my heart. Um, Every time we've said those kind of things, we've just revealed that we're in deception because we don't know our hearts. Only one knows our heart, and that's God. That's what it says in Job, in uh, Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10, and Isaiah, uh, Psalms 139, 23 and 24. We just don't, we can't know our hearts and know what's in them, but our words reveal what's in them. So here's the deal. You mentioned the word complaining. We don't understand how powerful these words are. Let me just take the word complaining for a moment. Okay. 
we complained about everything. Yes, we do. We complained about the weather. We complained <laughs> about the pastor. We complained about the, our child's teacher at school. We complain about our we appearance. In, we complain about our... You know. Oh, my goodness. We, yeah, we look in the mirror and we complain about our hair looks today. Um, my last couple of years working at Oral Roberts University, I worked for Oral directly. And Oral had a little trite phrase that just kind of blew by me. Uh, God's a good God. And he said that all the time. And what I came to realize is to my own physical pain and failure was... I, at some point, I stopped asking why, which is the victim's question, why? Why is this happening to me? Yeah. I started asking what. Lord, what do you want to do in my life? And the Lord reached down and touched that complaining issue, because complaining is saying to God, I really don't believe you're good. I really don't trust you. I really don't believe you have things in control. And it strikes at the very heart of who God is. When Moses said, Lord, I want to see you. And God responded back to him and said, well, if nobody sees me face to face, they'll die. And so he said, Moses, go hide behind that rock and I'll pass by. And when God passed by, what Moses saw was God's goodness. Oh, he my gosh, God yes. was good. Yes. So when you complain, you need to understand you're striking at the very heart of who God is, because God is good. There is no circumstance can happen in our life, no matter how tragic or bad it can be, that God can't turn it around for good. Part of my mantra now has become Proverbs 16, verse 4, that says, the Lord has made everything for his purposes, even the most wicked man in the day of evil. There is nothing God can't turn around for good in our life. So a word like complaining is so, negative complaints are so powerful. Just one thought here. Look what it did to the children of Israel. That's right. It kept them from going into their purpose and their future and God's purposes for their lives. And that's what complaining does. It keeps us chained to the past, live in the past and the present every day. That is so powerful. I think the listeners, listeners really need to hear that. This idea of complaining, the commiserating. It, it really keeps you from God's destiny, from God's original design for you and why he made you to be here. You keep getting in the way of yourself when you complain. And I, I, mm-hmm. I, have, I have to take that in for myself because I'm a very verbal person and I like to express myself. <laughs> and so that's a really good reminder for me when it comes mm-hmm. to, you know, am I, am I actually talking about how I feel or am I complaining? Mm-hmm. Very different process. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I tell people, okay, how do you get out of this syndrome and this society that we live in that complains about everything, criticizes everybody, criticizes the president, our pastor? How do you get out of this? Well, the way you get out of it is you start being grateful. You, You pour the oil of gratefulness over your life and look at the things and the ways that God has blessed you and kept you, answered your prayers. I say that gratefulness is like the oil of the Spirit. The the machinery in our life spiritually just doesn't work if we're not grateful. And so we stop speaking the words of the world, and we start speaking the words of the kingdom, and we learn a new language. You know, it's been said you can't learn a new language when you're old. Well, yes, you can. You can learn to speak the words of the kingdom of heaven. And what are those words? Okay, if we're not supposed to complain, uh, this is a funny story. When I came, 
got this thought of fasting. I got one of my friends to fast with me, and he and I fasted for 40 days' words. And after about two or three days, we were saying to ourselves, oh, my gosh, I'm not speaking as much. What am I supposed to be saying? <laughs> you know, if I can't complain, I can't criticize. And I, can't. I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> well, you know, and the scriptures, the thing about the scriptures, oh, they're so scandalous. They just tell us what to say and do, like Psalms 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Oh, my goodness. You know, when you start uh, having compassion and kindness and words of encouragement, words of comfort, you give them to people, you find plenty to say. Well, I think that's fascinating because when you look at the different characters of the Bible— you know, who are the characters that we use as a negative example? Well, Jonah, mm-hmm. huge complainer. Mm-hmm. He's a huge mm-hmm. complainer. I mean, I can relate to him, and, and I'm glad there's not a book of Cynthia. I say that all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. we can see that with Jonah, that even though he was a prophet, he was a man of God, you know, he loved God. Mm-hmm. He was negative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was. You know, and and it really example. ruined his trip. It ruined his trip. Oh. <laughs> Oh, you know, that's, of course, again, you know, it's like what you said, that these negative words, uh, we just live, we keep living the past and the present every day, and they destroy our future. My shining yes. example of these words is Job. Uh, Job, you know, here he is, he's got, he's he's said to be the greatest man in the West. It doesn't say he has many servants, it says he has many, many servants. He's got 500 pair of oxen. That's like having a thousand cars. Wow. He had a thousand cars. He's got 500 donkeys. He's got 3,000 camels. So camels would be like semi-trucks. He's got 3,000. Wow. He's fleets. Got 7, He's got fleets of sheep. things. Yes. He's got 7,000 sheep. He's got seven sons and three daughters. And then everything is taken from him. And in Job one twenty two, it says, in all of this, he did not blame God or sin. So then he ends up, a few verses later, He's now he's been attacked physically. He's sitting in a pile of ashes with boils all over his body, scraping himself. And then it, there's this profound verse in Job 2.10 where it says, In all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. That's very profound. Oh, and very um, and very convicting. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, again, the Scripture's so scandalous. Listen to this verse in James 3, 2. James says, Okay, we all stumble in many things, but the person who does not sin with his lips, who his words, this person is able to control his entire body. And so there's the thought there that, okay, wait a minute. If we let the Lord so work in our heart that the words that come out of our mouth are the language of heaven, compassion, and kindness. We will be able to rule every member in our body. Now, Cynthia, we got some pretty unruly members in our body. Sometimes I think my mind has a mind of its own. Right? <laughs> That's very what well a, said. What a scandalous thought that our minds could be so renewed by the words, that by allowing the Holy Spirit to touch the words that come out of our mouth, that we could have our whole body in check. Another scandalous verse, James one twenty six, where James says, Okay, if any man thinks he's spiritual or religious, but he can't control his words, 
he lives in deception, and the religion that he has is worthless. Oh my! Can you can wow. you imagine all the things I know? All the things I do to present myself before the Lord as uh, a follower of the Spirit and spiritual. Uh, I go to church. I study my Bible. I pray. Uh, what a scandalous thought that all of this could be negated because I complain or I gossip a little bit, just a little, or I criticize speak negative words. Mm-hmm. I criticize mm-hmm. my mayor, mm-hmm. my governor, my neighbor, my kids, my spouse. <laughs> what a scandalous thought that all of that could be wiped away. Here's an amazing thought. You know, we can't do anything about our heart. Okay, our heart is desperately wicked. It's deceptive. We can't do anything about it. The scriptures tell us there's only one thing we can do about it. And it's important that we do this because, like it says in Matthew twelve thirty four, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Our words come out of our heart. So God gives us one thing. We can only do one thing about our heart. Proverbs four twenty three says, guard your heart uh, closely. Because out of your heart, every issue of life will come through the words you speak. So, you know, we hear that and we think, okay, I've got to guard myself and not let anything bad come into me. I've got to be careful about what I see and what I watch in the movies. I've got to be careful about what I, you know, let come into my life through other people's words and gossip. But it, but it works in a reciprocal way, too. We guard what comes out of our mouth from our heart. If we set a guard over that, the reciprocal begins to happen, and our heart begins to be changed by not allowing words to come out of our mouth, just not letting them come forth. We do what the psalmist says in Psalms 141, verse 3. He cries out, Lord, set a guard over my lips. Keep watch over the doors of my mouth. You know, I think that's super revelatory, because... One of the things that we want to do as Christians is, you know, you talked about guarding what we see and where we go and what we hear. And instead, God is saying, I want you to be in the world. I just don't want you to be of it. And so one of the ways we're not of it is by guarding our heart and guarding what we say, which causes us to be much more relevant to the world. So we don't have to hide from the world. That's so good. That's so good. Well, we're coming up to the end of this of the show, and I'm I'm so excited about this because I, I you know we talk all the time, and so there's all these different things that we want to use to help people you know develop and grow and change and heal, and but I really think this is really the heart of it is the word because you know that is the heart of God. He is you know the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and so. Uh, you know, I'm going to have you on tomorrow, so I'm really excited that we're going to talk more about this book tomorrow. And so if you could let people know how to get a hold of you, you know, this book, um, you, you know, if you have a website, if it's Amazon, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get this book on Amazon at any Christian bookstore, Barnes & Noble, or off of my website, which is real simple, Tim Cameron, T-I-M-C-A-M-E-R-O-N, timcameronprayer.com. Great. Okay. Well, listeners, make sure you tune in tomorrow at the same time, 3 o'clock, and we are going to talk more with Tim Cameron about this concept of words and the impact of words on our health, on our relationships, on our world, and how we really serve God through this. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and all of social media for more information. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online 
CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.